Welcome to the Explicit Measure Podcast. It is Thursday from uh, Mike, Tommy, and Seth. We are live in Houston and having fun here, uh, enjoying ourselves. Uh, Tommy and I are here down in Houston. Seth uh, wasn't able to make it this year, but we have some stories to tell. So uh, kick us off, Tommy. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the event. What's going on here in Houston? Well, well, first, I'm going to say it's just a pleasure to be here, um, especially after last night. So we ran into a few few MVP folks. Uh, who did we run into? We, we ran into uh, Reed Havens. We ran into Greg Baldini. I got the, the great Greg Baldini. Um, Greg's a good guy. The, I, I'm really only, yeah. I'm enjoying the conversations with Greg. His humor is 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 it, it's it's a I don't know if he's described it as a dry humor, but man, he's on point with all the Power BI jokes. I I can relate. It was funny. Yeah, he he seemed to be someone good for memes in Power BI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I only feel though with Greg, you should based on some of the the stuff that he's produced, you should he should only say the great Greg Baldini because that's <laughs> he actually said, he's the reason why I actually got into the user group because I went to the New York Summit and I went to the sessions and I found them wanting. I went to his and I was blown away about the ability to present, be passionate and be funny about power BI. He's fun. I definitely enjoy yeah. it. His topics are quite in depth. He does a good job explaining things to like, uh, uh, I've learned a lot of things around DAX, how the you know, query engine works. So he's been a lot of fun. So in, in addition to that, uh, so this conference is, so we're coming kind of out of, uh, this is one of the first bigger conferences we're coming out of the pandemic kind of post pandemic here. And so this is, it's been an interesting um, area for us to kind of sit down and, you know, get together with people again. We don't know a lot of the dynamics people at this point. Uh, we, when we were doing a lot of the dynamics conferences previously, I think Tommy, you went to the last world tour in October. In Orlando in 2019. 2019, yeah. Orlando, 2019, the end of just like just before things kicked off. And so at that time we knew a number of the Power BI uh, community leaders. There was a number of people that we just, you know, Bridget, um, Courtney, um, Quinn was there, I believe. There's just a number of individuals. We don't see them at the event now. So no. they kind of moved on to other adventures for themselves, but we got to kind of have to start forging some new relationships and figure out what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's been really, really, yeah, it's been really interesting being here. So last night they did one of those, you know, conference parties and it, it was all dynamics. It was put on by the dynamics user group. I guess two of them, and they did it at the House of Blues. One was on the first floor, was one was on the third story, but different parties, but kind of the same. And no, no, they were they, they were not the same, Tommy. Okay. There was there was, there was they, a to- totally different vibe between the two parties. <laughs> well, they felt the same. Well, <laughs> they feel the same this morning, Tommy. They How both had, they, they both had drinks. We'll say that, but, the, but other than yeah. that, I think there was no other similarities at all. So the, we come into the downstairs one. We're hanging out. We're just we we get in, uh, start chit chatting. We found um. Uh, Dynamics Hot Dish, uh, which is a, a group of people who run a podcast on Dynamics, but we had them at the Power BI Milwaukee and Chicago um, mm-hmm. user group. I think it was like a month ago. It was super fun. We got to meet them in person, got to hang out and chit chat and talk. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know what time was it? It was 11 or so. Just like everyone left. We're like, where did everybody go? What's going on? And so the lady at the front, at the front uh, reception desk, she's like, hey, this house of blues is closing down, but there's another one on the third floor. They're going till 2 a.m. We're like, oh, heck yes. We'll go up there and hang out with them. <laughs> so we meander up the elevator. We go upstairs. There is like people singing karaoke. It was 
a lot louder. It was, I was like, wow, this is a totally different vibe. So right. it was a lot of fun. Now the, the interesting thing, and I, uh, Seth, I want to get your opinion on this. Mike and I talked about it with the other Power BI uh, guys there, but this conference, co- compared to what I remember from Orlando 2019, I don't know if anyone who's on the chat now went there. That The way that conference was structured was it was four days. The first two days or day and a half was all dynamics. It, the total uh, attendee was attendance was 4,500 people. The first two days, 2,000 were dynamics, and those people left basically when the power platform group came in for the attendance and speakers this year, this is not the case. And all the vendors, maybe barring two or three vendors, I would say the majority of vendors. Yep. Keep going. And it's a huge room. It looks like Microsoft summit. I think there's, Oh man. I think it's bigger than summit. Yeah. The, the expo hall is absolutely huge. Barring three vendors Everything's dynamics. Yep. And that includes the majority of the sessions. I, I would say for every five sessions, there's one non-dynamic session. And there just seems to be this very large, and Mike, kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but there seems to be a very large gap or larger gap uh, going on with dynamics and Power BI. Well, so so this was interesting to me because I we actually had a really relevant conversation towards the end of... Uh, yesterday, or yesterday, two days ago, two days ago, I think it was on Tuesday. We we had snagged a couple individuals like off the floor, and we're like, we're just roaming around. So we took a, a run around the floor, right? We walked all the booths. We tried to figure out what was going on, and didn't really see anything like specific, like Power Platform. There's a couple icons that we saw for Power BI around different places, but everything was very like, let's call it area specific, right? If I if I'm in finance, if I'm running a specific area of dynamics, it seems like there's a lot of solutions around helping your team or your business really work on data in that specific area. Hey, we're we're doing a lot of uh, manufacturing right here. Our, that's our specialty. So, you know, work with our company and we'll help you figure out how to use dynamics uh, for your manufacturing facility, whatever that may be. So we walked around, we're like, we don't really understand the dynamics crowd. Like what, who's, who's the audience here? Like what, what, what does a typical dynamics user look like? And Tommy, again, we had a bet, but we didn't really put anything down on it was, you know, I was like, the reason why um, the the Dynamics teams likes Power BI is because their reporting is okay, but it's not great. And it takes a much more technical person to get around the reporting side of things. And so we're just kind of debating this. We brought some people in, we brought a vendor over to like talk with us about it. So we were finding people, there's a couple of people that were, that were very heavy Power BI, but it was kind of like the case, right? The, The... the a typical dynamics user is just kind of just going to the system and leveraging the system to operate on their data to run their business. But there's not a lot of uh, additional analytical needs outside of dynamic. So that's why these kind of pre-built solutions kind of come in and you use them to help shape, manipulate, and, and modify your data so it's it's more efficient for you. Yeah. So, so, so you're saying like it, it's it's very receptive to the third party plugin where yes, they basically just right. plug into the back end yes. and pre curated reports that 100%. are kind of right with, within the bounds of dynamics. So you're not going to you know spread too far afield. Yes, and they don't have to customize anything. Yeah, and it, it's and you know like I talked to some told me some couple pain points. Right, if you want to if you want to see data in dynamics, you have to bring it to dynamics. Right. So that means generating tables. It means bringing the data to it. It means building a process around that. So 
that's some of the people are like, well, with Power BI, I can blend data wherever I want. I start with Dynamics and I add other stuff to it, and that's why we use Power BI reporting. And they put that back into Dynamics. So we met a gentleman. I want to say his name was David last night, who was all about the Power BI, and we just randomly stumbled on to him in the House of Blues where we we're just yeah. sitting in chat, and it was it was very interesting to hear his conversation. There's there's a lot of really good data source things that can happen from Dynamics, and and again. I say dynamics, but it's technically like dataverse. It's the same type of structure of data and stuff like that. But there seems like there's a lot of opportunity there for people to, um, or at least the BI team, to kind of come into and leverage more dynamics for organizations. Because a majority of them seems like there's a lot of structured tables that are kind of ready to go a little bit. So I, I think there's a really neat opportunity there. I think there should be more Power BI people reaching out to what dynamics needs would be. Because I think there's, an, there's a need there. So it, it almost it, like did you run were the were the the other Power BI vendors there like guys who had built like Power BI solutions on top? It almost sounds like it's just yeah. a, a it was there's nothing templates and yes no, you know, the, 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 you yes know what's and no though you, you know what's interesting though is like it, it, that would be unless a customer is going to stay with the stock setup. Right, like it, that would be hard to plug into the back end where they would start to build customized things. Agreed. Like, yep. I was going to just say that. I was just going to say, I think a lot of the vendors there were like integrators, right? Or yeah. m merging you out of like, you know, well, a couple of them were helping you get from like, Hey, I'm on, I'm on site with dynamics. I'm going to move into the cloud of it. So what does that look like? What does that transition look like? And then every business I think has this level of like, we're kind of a little bit of a, we have some custom things we need to do per our process. They come in and kind of help build that process and then build it into dynamics. So you can then utilize that inside your organization. So and, and, yeah, am I going crazy or why is why is Power BI considered cu a custom build? Why is that the case? No, the custom back end. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the back end because, custom. Okay, okay, but there's a, you can't just plug and play Power BI in Dynamics, right? Yes, you you plug Power BI into it. Well, there's a couple of things I think depends on what you're talking about. So okay. when we were talking with David last night. It was. Um, I you can could, connect, but uh, yeah, you can connect to most things objects in in Dataverse, which is basically yes. Dynamics. Yes. However, there's some finance things that are that makes it a little bit harder for you to get it into Dataverse, so you can then get into it in Power BI. But I think that's the preferred method for connection. So yes. you know, building solutions on top of Dataverse and and using Dynamics as a source. I just don't have very many clients using Dynamics to do this stuff. My stuff is, I think, a bit more custom in nature. And we're building pretty much from scratch. We're not. We're not coming into an existing dynamics to build reporting on top of it. So, well, and I think the questions people want to see the the integration. When I think we say custom, is seeing Power BI within Dynamics or embedded in Dynamics, because anyone can connect to the Dynamics data. That's standard. Yes, but I think that's where that convers all these conversations. That's happen. that's also where the complexity comes in. Yeah, I agree. Right, you, you know, Tommy, like for Dynamics users, right? If they're just <laughs> the lay <laughs> business person, right? Click, click in, you know, take me to what I need to know. And if I'm generating a report, it's a pre-built experience based on everything that the system is generating. It's mm -hmm. not based yeah. on the raw data sets. I so, suppose that's true for anything too, right? I would agree. Yeah. I'd agree. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to transition you guys into, uh, let's, let's move over to our topic for today. So we did yeah. kind of a good intro. It was, again, we're going to just, Conference is a lot of fun. Really enjoying it. The people here are absolutely amazing. Um, having a blast finding our little Power BI people. I'm wearing all my Power BI jerseys everywhere for those of you ah. watching podcasts. So 
uh, when you see me, I'm I'm got my big 28 or uh, other jerseys on, and I get I get looks, man. They're like, whoa. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of guys here you with like looks before your shirts. Yeah, I know, I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of suit and ties here, and I'm yes. like, oh really? Oh, yeah, man. that's oh, yeah. the other thing. Man. You know what? I stepped I, into it now. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm in, all in now. I don't have I don't have any college shirts at all. I'm just going to keep wearing the jersey. Screw it. I honestly think dynamics people are really cool kids in high school. Because that's what it seems like. I'm like, all the cheese. Oh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's the, it's a definitely a different culture than other use, than other conferences. Or there's definitely a different vibe. You, you, you go to a conference when you are in sales and marketing. It's different than when you go to a conference when you're in engineering. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right next to us is Valve World. So did you know? Yeah. And then we'll transition. But this is the last thing. There's a conference for Valve's. And I said that correctly, Tommy. There's Val. a conference for everything. Tommy was sorry. He's, he's like, I don't think I want to go to that for one. I was like, everything. Yeah, for so everything. Just there's just something for everyone, except for Power BI. <laughs> except for Power BI. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so today's topic is talking about a new feature that was recently released. It's called Git Insights. So the Git Insights feature is something you can find now. Again, guys, keep me honest here. I'm trying to, you know. I'm just beginning to play with it a little bit. But what I would say is that this is a premium only feature. And the idea is you, when you have a premium workspace or something that has premium on it, you can click the get insights button. It's it's in powerbi.com. It's in the service. You can't get it in desktop and you click the button and then it, it goes kind of through your data and tries to say, Hey, here's some trends or here's some information that you might want to know about your report. So one report that I thought was fairly interesting to run and run this on is for probably the last, I'll say probably the last year or so, I've been scraping the data off the ideas.powerbi.com website, and I've been tracking how many ideas are out there, what is the count of ideas, number of comments, and um, by year, and, and just kind of getting some general information. So I have a, a report that I built, and actually it's, I published it to web, so you can go look at like, the ideas.com um, areas. And so just kind of ran this get insights ideas off of that. And uh, for, for a brand new, it's in preview, so it's not officially out there. Um, but it, there have been, it's, it's, it's here to produce anomalies. It's looking for things that are just maybe a bit interesting. It's looking for like trends in data and presenting to you, Hey, did you know this about your data? So, um, I kind of like the feature. I think I think it's pretty slick. They have, um, you know, you're, you can click on the the top insights and get the ones that it thinks they're the top insights it would find, the ones that are pretty most impactful. And then they can go to all insights and it'll just tell you, here's the things that we found about your data. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll kick it over to Tommy. Tommy, did I, did I get the feature described right? What, what is the intent of this feature? Yeah. So for those who have been Power BI, there's, this is different then the get insights feature where you would click on the data set. So before if you clicked on a data set, you could get insights or there'd be some other page that would just show you a bunch of random statistics, basically like correlations, some trends, some anomalies. And the, um, again, a lot of correlations as well, where this goes up, this goes down, not necessarily on line or time trending. The difference here, and this is what's made this feature very powerful is it will look at your report uh, rather than the data set. 
is that's that that feature has been out for years where it will analyze your data set. This will analyze the page you're on, the visuals that are on a page based on the filter context or the filters that you're applying to a certain visual. Right now, it does three distinct uh, and insights, so to speak. And I just sent out the blog and there's documentation in that blog. So if you guys have not heard about this, this will also be in the podcast description. There's anomalies. So yep. what it will do is look at your recent uh, steep or or your 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 recent anomalies that may have happened in the current time. Yep. So you have to obviously have a line chart, your steep anomalies or uh, kind of like a roll up. The same thing with trends, your recent trends, your long trends, and then your trends that had pretty big breaks. And the last one is KPIs. So any card, uh, a KPI card that with a target, it'll show you something, but also just a normal card, it'll show correlations. Again, the power of this is it's a per, per page basis. So every page you're on, it's going to show different insights. Uh, any filter you apply, if I click on a bar chart and my line, my all my uh, visuals change, the insights will change based on your applied filter. So this makes it really dynamic and really powerful. So there's a couple of interesting things here. And as I'm clicking through the report here, I'm going to kind of pick out a couple of things. There's, 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 it looks like they're using some other standard features from Power BI Desktop. Like in, so for example, a line chart. Inside, inside the align chart, you have the ability to see anomalies, anomaly detection. So there's this ability of having like a, a variance, you know, it basically shows you the line and says, okay, based on the line that we see here, what would be the upper and lower bounds of that line? And does one of your data points fall in or out of that data range? So for example, I have an insight in front of me. It's, it's talking about, so I'm looking at the ideas um, that were completed over time. And they said, and it actually has like has the graph. It shows me the anomaly bubble point, which I can click on, and it can say it calculates ranking results for the anomaly item. So in it's the, so it has a little text box mm -hmm. or blurb that says the idea count was unexpe unexpectedly high in 2015. It had a value of 349, which is above the expected range of 268 to 300 and. 340 or something like that. So it was able to detect this one data point was kind of out of range. It wrote a text blurb about it. And then if you click on it, it tries to explain like what would be the potential data set pieces under the hood that may attribute to why that number was abnormally high right. or abnormally low, which is a lot more like what you already, so that's, that's already a, an existing feature that's in the line chart you can use by just building a line chart with it. So I, th I think it's interesting they're using these other Power BI features to help you dive deeper into the data, which I, I, I really like that part of it. Yeah. So, and just to go back to kind of this, why is this different from the other insights? Uh, again, it, it just like you said, Mike, it really allows you dynamically based on your visual to show, you know, things that in, in your data set, but based on the visuals that you selected. So if I have a line chart for sales and a line chart for units, yep. it's going to show per visual what if there is an anomaly. Yeah, it, it does the spotlighting feature. So like yeah, when you, when exactly. You, yeah, when you click on uh, when you click on the actual anomaly or whatever it's you know the insight that they're giving you, it kind of it does automatically highlighting. It shows you where that data is coming from, what chart it's using to kind of gather the information, and then from there it's giving you all the insights. I, I, I like that. I think this is a really let me let me say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna step back here just a minute on, on my comments. The previous get insights feature was basically you hit a button 
it would then take you to like a separate page and it would spit out a bunch of like yes. visuals on a page and say, here's a bunch of things that we found that were correlated. Correlation doesn't always make sense to a user. Absolutely. Because it was finding great correlations like, oh, well, um, you had this cumulative total. Cumulative sales is related to month. Yes, right. yes, it is. It is definitely related to month. So there's there's a couple things in the prior version of like Get Insights. I just felt like it was those initial experiences when you sh- when you stating, first show up to stating it, too much of the obvious. In, yes, in the old version. Yeah, and like yeah, it's like, weird right. stuff. Like it's it's linking like keys of things together when they shouldn't have been. And you know we're looking for trends. We're looking. So this one does a lot more around. It's actually picking up some of these other anomalies. It's trying to add curve fitting. So there's a trend mm-hmm. in the idea count, and it, it starts showing you, well, this one wasn't really, but it shows you, here's the idea count with a waterfall and shows you where the decrease or increase was coming with this you know, year-over-year trend for ideas. It has another chart, which I, it, it, and this is kind of cool. I thought this was interesting. It starts adding up. There's a, almost like a logarithmic curve. So they detected that the data is appearing to act like a logarithmic curve. They drew on a graph the uh, the logarithmic curve for you and said this data point at the end of the tail the tail of the of the logarithmic curve was higher than we expected it to be based on this projection and i thought like that was way more insightful than i've ever seen before in the other automated insights so i now, i, I like that part of it a lot now mike you actually just put the crux of it together you said the magic word um oh. yeah so you said i found it interesting and one thing that I, I'm a strong believer in for any report or build is anyone who uses the word interesting, I blow up that report because interesting has a dead end. So let's kind of talk about here with this feature, which is cool and interesting. Is there is there a place for it in its current state? I. Let me. So there's a, yeah. there's a place for everything, right? Um, in is it is it applicable in all cases? No, of course not, right? In the same way that you can't, you know, it it doesn't work against the table of data. It's not gonna, you know, apparently it's it's only uses certain visuals that would allow better insights to be you know brought forward. Um, the one use case, just while we're talking about it, and as I've played with it a little bit, um, is I, I think there. I think this is one of those topics I'm going to talk about in the beginning of a show once um, because I'm just wrapping up um, a bunch of um, monitoring reporting, mm-hmm. right? So in in different ways in which we slice and dice and looking at pipelines or whatever the case may be, you could be monitoring anything. Like I think there could be potentially some really good insights, right, that get generated off of this as you know, you're looking at large volumes of data across many different, you know, customers or, you know, products or whatever the case may be. And you may not pick up all of the little things, you know, in, in terms of volumes that might have fluctuated. And and this would be, you know, potentially a, a one-stop shop of hitting a button saying like, hey, you know, based on, based on this, you know, chart and all of these, you know, different lines across these themes on a daily basis, like, did you pick up anything that I don't see right off the bat? So, T- Tommy, I want to go back to your comment around okay. like, in, is it, I said interesting. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I think this is a this is a neat feature. 
I, I like how it's trying to take known trends, uh, a, a logarithmic curve. It's looking for parabolas. It's looking for things and saying, where does the data not fit this kind of trend? I think that's relevant. I think there's, there's going to be patterns like that it's going to find, and I think those are insightful. Where I think the next step for me for this goes is, n once you've seen that, now what? What, mm -hmm. what, act what action are we, we doing from the automated insights? And I think, I think there's going to be the ability at some point to be able to start uh, pinning things or be able to like, you know, grab a chart, look at the chart, tweak it a little bit, maybe in the anomalies, uh, in, the, in the trends window. And then you can, if you like it, putting it on the report page. So, so I, I think I think this becomes more valuable when you can actually start lifting out some of the visuals that it builds for you and putting them right in your report. I think people will want that part. And, and, I, and I hope so. Right now in its current state, not necessarily on, like even if you could pin the visual, right? And I, I'm trying to go through this in my head. Right now in its current state with what it's showcasing to a user, because we've been trying it out for, for quite a bit, and we even have showed people this in a report yep. uh, as a, like as the demo. And also noting to people that this is a preview feature by Microsoft and we do not own any of the numbers that come out of it. Like for, you know, full date correlates with day number of year and that's our fault. Um, yep. But, but with that being said, this is, I wonder, or I guess what is going to take it that this actually becomes less interesting and more actionable because right now there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. I'm actually very impressed with the platform and the features yet there has been nothing that I've taken from this where I'm like, wow, I should contact marketing to let them know about this correlation or this anomaly. They should know this. Um, and that's, I think the worry right now is where is it going to go or how it can be configured to where it's not just showing you neat data like, Oh, you know, my shit, I already know my sales are down, but you're showing me a correlation that maybe it's a particular unit. Like the demo that they showed at MBAS was neat. I have not seen anything to that point where there's a, there's a narrative that happens in a business where it goes from, I know my sales are down. I want to explore why my insights show me the anomalies where it occurred. I can contact person X and team Y to let them know, did you know that your return rate is a, you know, way above average? Yeah. But that's also something I feel they would know. I just, yeah, the few thoughts there, obviously. So, we, so, so I, li I like your points there, Tommy. And I think if I, if I sit and think about a bit more of like, what are, how are you, like, um, how, do I, how do I phrase this? When I explain people to like how Power BI works and what's going on, I think I'd say, think of Power BI and all the star schema tables as like one large table, right? I can pull dimensions together. I can pull numbers out of my fact table. I can build whatever insight, any combination of columns, Power BI kind of handles the relationships for me and brings it all together. But if you think about your data model as one large table, there's a lot of pieces on the table. And um, there's in that large table, there's like, a handful of data rows, like I'm thinking about like my Excel days, right? In Excel, I would, I had this, I would, I would materialize a large table, I'd have a bunch of things I'm looking for, and then I would use graphs or other things to kind of weed down that information to get down to a specific topic or area where I needed to have relevant actions or insights, and then we can start really analyzing, okay, why was this up or down? 
So I feel like the the Get Insights area is doing the same thing. It's taking like this large table of information, and there's a lot of good information in there, but I may be missing nuances and trends. I'm not looking at things with like uh, uh, logarithmic curves or parabolas and trying to figure out what data matches a parabola or not. That's just, there's a lot of work that takes to get that done. So I feel like this is a tool that I could use to at least start that journey and find potentially other insights that I may not know about. How that's we, a, that's a really good, that's a really good point, right? Like, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. Especially like over time, right? Like it, it, do you, even, even to your point, Tommy, like, you know, day to day, if I'm looking at sales, like I'm, I'm triaging something. Is it telling me that? No, probably not. Yeah. But, but like over a three or six month period as your sales are declining, do you know why? And, and, or could, could it enlighten you as to like, Hey, there's this overall trend happening and this is what, you know, potentially it correlates to. Yes. And I, I'd also say one other kind of note around this too is, I mean, these, these, the correlation pieces are very, is what you need to do, right? You th figuring out where things are not fitting a normal trend, um, particularly in production or you're looking at like load times or reports or numbers. So one thing I can think would be very relevant here would be like looking at how many records are being loaded to your data tables over time in all your pipelines. A very practical example would be is like, when does that number go extremely high or extremely low because some data upstream changed and you ingested a ton more records than you should have or something failed in process and the number dropped off. I think it's a very relevant use case for some of this, just have some of this more real-time monitoring. But then I come back to, okay, we can have this, but what's the action? What do I need to do with this? And that's where I'm kind of coming back to this feature is like, this is a great feature. I think we need a little bit more around like, can I make an alert off of this? Can I yes. put this graph on the page yeah. and then yeah. make an alert off of when I when do I see another anomaly like this? I think that come, come around, comes around a little bit more full circle for me. So it be, makes it a bit more part of my daily workflow now. Mike, I love that you said that because I was about to say, I think what the most actionable feature in Power BI now is sending alerts out. Um, and you, you combine that with something that's more automated because right now, Alerts are really powerful. Like if I want to say, send me an email when this number goes below or um, above something, that's a very manual process. And it's also a very static process because you can't, you can really only configure that per number or per metric. And if you wanted to do this over, like, let's say you needed to scale this, it's uh, you want to do this over 10 particular numbers. You have to create 10 card visuals or 10 visuals that support the alert and set up the alert for above and below. So that's 20 alerts that you're setting up for only 10 metrics, which really limits the ability to do something or to set this up. I, I, like I said, to make this scalable, that being said, that feature is also one of the things that I find one of the most requested. So kind of combining that together with, um, oh man, combining that with, with automated insights. I agree. Like there's has to be in order for this to, to work, everyone, you can hear the bus. We're aware as well. So Sorry. I know we're going to get yeah. some more. <laughs> the walls here like literally paper thin. Yeah. So we're going to acknowledge that right off the fact. Funny, funny, random thing. My windows, 11, don't download windows 11 to when, before you do a demo. Bad oh, idea. That's just yeah. a no-brainer, Tommy. Come on. <laughs> just in case anyone might have wanted to know that. Don't do I, it. I, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. So with that being said, 
with the, with the automate with right now in the state that it's in, I think for this to be successful and man, I hope they don't just put this in preview and add it to the elephant graveyard of features that we released, but are not updating because this can be, this could be one of the more powerful things. And I think they already have the framework down. If you could just, I love what you guys said. I love it. Where take this, allow a user, just like you can, do a personal bookmark to say, oh, this is important. Let me highlight, you said 40% strength on on box A units. Hey, that's important to me. You know what? Notify me when that's now 60%, yep. if that anomaly continues. Yeah. That I th But I mean, I think the framework's there. Like, I'm getting excited about that feature. Microsoft, are you listening? Please, that would be huge. So what, what will make this thing go somewhere? So, so two thoughts around that point, Tommy, right? First thought is, when does Microsoft choose to continue to develop a feature that gets into preview, right? I think a lot of times what we see here is Microsoft's testing the waters on some of these things, right? It goes into preview. A preview is, uh, you know, a feature that's kind of, it's been it started. It, the idea has been, is maturing, right? It's not quite done yet. But I think, I think the idea here is they put things in preview early so they could kind of gauge, are people using this? What is the usage pattern of these kind of features? And so I think this is another maybe reincarnation of the original Get Insights information. It, it maybe wasn't very well received initially, and they started to take a, let's take a, let's not continue that feature set. Not a lot of people are adopting it. Let's step back. Let's kind of reevaluate. Let's go take another look at this again and say, okay, how can we, how can we rethink what this anomaly detection looks like? And I think, I mean, for this, this experience is, I think, way better than the original um, Get Insights, way better. But in this case, like there are some, there's other features they're using here that are more mature. Like they're using line charts with anomaly detection on them, that wasn't around in the first Git Insights. So there, so I think the the neat thing I'm I like here is they're taking their own technology in other areas of the tool and reusing it and bringing it back to these newer insight features. At, at the end of the day, I really feel like this is one of these Gartner plays, right? This is this is a this is a play for the Gartner quadrant where. If you're going to be innovative and pushing the bounds here, you're going to try and use more AI pieces in here. And I think that's one of the key differentiating features that Gartner looks for. Are you making it easier for people to figure out what's going on with their data using AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call it, uh, to help those reports become, you know, it doesn't, it does, it can't do everything for you, but it can at least shift your focus to an area that might be relevant to what you're trying to do. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I actually totally love that. Does. Yeah. But if you if you think about like even the evolution of this, and hopefully you like maybe there was enough uptick in the original version that you know you start to build in or or enhance it to some degree. Yeah. But I love Tommy's idea. Like, how do you how do you take this to the next step? And I think that's where you let people either, um, you know, select their level of threshold. You know, kind of around uh, a particular insight that they really love. It's like, yeah. oh wow, that could be really useful if you know, let me put my bounds on it and then create an alert off the bounds, right? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. like that way you're like, you've, you've keyed in a potential insight, right? Yeah. And now I'm, I'm going to get a lot of, or maximize my use of it because it may have been something I didn't think about before. Mm -hmm. And, and because you're doing all of this detection and long-term trending and, and things like that, that, those are going to be the random alerts. I'd love to see like, Hey, did you know that this thing just tanked? You're like, well, yeah. yeah, like that would be awesome. 
Right. Yeah. Like so, some insight or some trigger that you put in three months ago that you just forgot about. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you just notify me. Or like, oh, maybe I should look at this. Can we, is there a toll free number we could call Microsoft about this? Because <laughs> I, I think we're yeah. on to something. It's called the MVP channel. You talk to them yeah. directly. If only, if only you had an email address, Tom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my thoughts. So, um, so I, I want to, before we go move on, I just really quickly, I want to keep touching that point there. I, I liked your point a lot, Seth. And I think, Maybe for me, right? Is I think there are things that I want to know. Okay, so I'm 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 I'll lean a bit more on my engineering days here. Right? In my engineering days, we would have these things called control charts, right? You graph stuff mm. over time, and then you have like an upper bound and a lower bound, and it would kind of tell me like, hey, this data is falling out of these expected boundaries, and when it does, then we we have to take action, change the tooling, figure out what's going on in our process. Did the machine, you know, the, did the CNC uh, computer controlled cutting machine did that did that change its its configuration such that the parts are coming out of tolerance and so these are I mean, we're talking like you know very fine grain parts you're building here and you have to know this before you build a bunch of junk parts as particularly on materials that are expensive if you're building things out of titanium you don't want to be making a whole bunch of wasted titanium parts you want to make sure that you're utilizing that material to to um, um not waste material so and i think in the same way i'm thinking here if i look at my data model as a designer, as a report builder, there's probably various columns or things that I'm interested in. Generic things like, to, our, to my example earlier, count of records per table loaded by day over time, something like that. So something to that effect. There are certain things I think we need to be able to, Tommy, I think we talked about this earlier, was we need the ability to weight certain metrics here. Certain things that are more important to us or certain data columns that might be more relevant to us, I'd, I'd like to be able to shift the the lens of what Automated Insights is doing onto some of these maybe more important areas that I'm interested in or things that I think is relevant for um, having me build out, you know, these reports that are going to help me anomaly detect and then alert me off of that. Yeah, I mean, and I think the fear right now is this, I mean, listen, I, all these ideas were saying, I, I'm like, I really hope that they just announced a blog announcement because that changes the game. The fear, though, what you, I'm going to go back to a point, Mike, you just brought up where they, they bring out a feature to test the waters, see if it works, and somewhat touch it. Yep. This feels more like it's in a state of like Q&A, like the Q&A feature, than it is its own thing. Um, how, how often, how often do you use Q and a? That's exactly my point. Yeah. That, and that, I hope it yeah. doesn't fall into that bucket. Honestly, that yeah, that's, and that's my fear right now is like Q and a that the, I think that I don't know how many, I don't have the numbers. I wish I did on how often is Q and a used? How often is that narrative text used? And uh, what's the other insight? Like, I think smart, he, it's smart narrative, right? So it's where you write like a chart yeah. and say you build a smart narrative well, or the smart narrative describe visual, this data. Is this yeah, I I wonder I like how that. often those are used. Okay, so I was having a conversation. We were at the conference. We had some. We've talked about with this before too. We have, and I think I think is enough. We're talking like these more advanced analytical features. Yes. I would say the uh, the question ask me or the the the. The question feature, asking questions and getting answers out of that, that's probably not as used as much. But I do hear people really impressed with the automated insights. So describe this data, and it literally writes out text about the information that you clicked on. And then as you click different various parts of the page, 
it rebuilds the text and it, you know, sales went up by 10% in the month of this, which was, you know, the, the leading category was this. There's a, there's a solid need for that. And I, I remember there was projects where we were building that same feature in like Excel documents because our requirement was we needed to have written text describing the most impactful things. So we were looking at all the factors, trying to figure out which one had the largest drop or dip or whatever. And from there, trying to build automated phrases that we could use and, and parse together to output relevant information in a written form. I think that's relevant. And that's one of the ones I've heard probably used the most out of all these like more advanced AI feature things. I agree. I agree. So I think I think they've gotten that one right because that was I think a really neat a need that people were trying to figure out how to do and I, I think that's a good one. These anomaly detection things I think are relevant, but I'm not sure how many people are really into their data enough to know that that's what they're looking for. They they're they're I mean looking at my data going I need to find the anomalies. I'm I'm not sure that's exactly the need all the time. That's why I think it's like this is like an oh that's an interesting feature. <laughs> Seth, I have a question for you because you brought this up when we went, we talked about advanced analytics um, <laughs> a while ago, but you brought up something about the role it plays where it's not the star of the show. It's a supporting actor in the show where like with Q and a with key influencers where it's basically like an assisting or supporting role. Um, I, I bring that up because like is this advanced insights or automated insights really feels like it's supposed to be that. But again, I don't know. Have you seen a change with users or with yourself using any more advanced analytics features? Not, I don't want to go all the way to that direction, but again, right. That's the category it's in right now. Right. It's kind of unfair. Right. And and what I mean by that is, um, the vast majority of my time has been in lately has been in building big infrastructure to support, to support a lot of reporting. Um, and, and not as much on the analysis part. And and that's where I think these tools become really valuable, um, or, or could be leveraged, right. A, A lot more when you're spending time in the data and you're looking for, um, those different things within the data sets, right? A lot, lot of data yeah. analysis type activities as opposed to kind of where I've been spending the majority of my time. So I think from an end user perspective, the more that you can, like having options is is not a bad thing. And I think all of these things to some degree are only going to be supporting roles because of, I don't think they're, they're not, they're not saying like, hey, Tommy, uh, last week, I knew that you, your sales guy uh, left the company and that uh, in order to you know retain the level of sales we need for the remainder <laughs> yeah. of the year, you need to hire somebody in the next you know three weeks, right? Like you, you just like those would be like your computer doing your job for you. And right. Maybe we'll get there, Tommy, and then you have something else to worry about. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in general, in general, like yeah, I think the these are only ever going to be supporting or help you do your job from you know some way alerts to things like we've we've discussed but i i think what i am seeing here is the tooling the the supporting tooling getting much smarter right yeah if it if it if it took so much time to develop uh, a solution that would work with natural q a like this feels a little different to mike's point i i think yeah. i think yeah. this is the right direction and 
whether it is Gartner related or not, I think there is more value in here um, related to being a bit more specific, uh, tying it to the report instead of auto generating off of models, because now I can interact and your Tommy, to your point, I can filter, I can mm-hmm. change the criteria a bit uh, and, and regenerate. So, I, I think that I think directionally I'm seeing I'm seeing good stuff to the point where one of these is going to drop or an enhancement to like this is going to ma- be made. And maybe maybe we don't go from just supporting, but it's it's a key part of a report that should be there. So let me propose an interesting situation for, for both of you. And in its current state where let's say Microsoft's business model was a little different because right now in order to use it insights you need premium if you have premium you're golden you can start using it right away let's say microsoft offered some of these services like add-ons um imagine this feature came up by microsoft and said this is a add-on product to microsoft based on its current state what would you guys pay for your tenant to have this feature right now or is there a number I, I i don't feel like i could put a number to it but I would also say, so I, I don't want to say this, this is, I don't want to say this is not a paid, I, I wouldn't want to pay anything for it because it okay. does, add, it does add some level of value. I think it, again, I think it's, I'm looking at another report right now, um, uh, helping out Rishi over at Learn Data Insights. We have some reports that we're hosting for him yeah. so he can do some Power BI embedding. So there's some reporting that he has around like how many users are running reports over time. What are the, what is the average scores? What's what's who's the user of this platform? Right. And there's actually some there there is relevant insights that are coming out of this that I'm like hmm okay that that kind of helps me define the audience of who wants to consume what's in this application. I'm finding value in the insight that it's giving me, and this is by far the better experience that I've seen from other AI things. So, you know, I I, I don't I don't think I want to be able to have to me. This is not a pro level feature, right? Okay. This is this is something that's above and beyond. And I would expect a premium, you know, when I'm into that, you know, I'm paying for Power BI premium. This is a kind of feature I would expect to just be there, right? This okay. is this is the kind of stuff I, th- I think that Microsoft I want them to explore around and see because they're not going to get this automated insights thing right every single time, nor is it going to be one shot and done. They're going to get it all dialed in. I think it's going to take a couple attempts because again, as I'm looking at this product right now, if I look at the progression of like where they were. And what they're doing now, this is a great step in the right direction. And the rest of the tool is maturing enough where you're able to use more analytical visuals to help inform what these trending things are doing. And I, I think the messaging in this area is much clearer than I saw before. So I like this. It, it, it looks like they're also using, like, so there's, there's a couple of visuals I think they're doing. They're using line charts with anomaly detection, and they're using a lot more text in here. So that each of the analysis that it's doing, it says, hey, this is a quiz attempt over time analysis. And by the way, when you look at this, um, here's the written language. Remember I was talking earlier about the, the what was the, this, shoot, what's the name of the visual that you, you analyze, describe key this data? No, or not key influencers. It's the, the one narrative, where, uh, the smart, smart narratives. That's right. That's why the name was escaping me. It's doing like a smart narrative blurb on each right. insight which I like because then I could say, okay, here's, we're talking about quiz attempts. Okay. Here's the information. Okay. Is this really relevant? So before I dive into like what the graph looks like, which may or may not be relevant, I can (laughs) at least read at a high level and say, this is what it thinks it's finding. 
is that even relevant to me or not? And I can skip it, move on to the next insight, which I find much more valuable. So to answer your question directly, Tommy, I would not pay for this feature, but I would expect as a premium customer, this type of feature set would be coming out for me so I could experiment with it and see if I could add value to it. And I think when I would pay for this feature is when I would be able to come full circle around to this data and say, this data is happening, we're able to observe what's going on in it, and I can set alerting around it so that I can say, I could take action on this insight to make sure that I can reverse this trend that it showed me or change if, if, the direction of the trend that it gave me. If that alerting feature was there, what? give me a number. I, I don't know. It's $10 okay. a month for it's ten dollars a month for pro, for Power BI Pro and $20 a month for it's, premium it's, per user. It's the, case, <laughs> it's, the case, it's the case for premium, right? Yeah, like yeah, all yeah. these tools I, yeah. are just uh, enhancements on top, you know, so yeah. it's making a case for premium. I don't think it's an add-on. Yeah. I, yeah, I also I think that's a, a great synopsis of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. I would say three to five fifty for me. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for pulling out of right thin air, Tommy. Yeah. I use automated insights to get that actually. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, uh, I, I well, guess. Yeah. I was going to say, this is probably a good lull in the conversation. I was going to say it's, it's right around our time. It's almost eight 30. We're about ready to wrap it up. So I, I think with this, I think this is a good topic for those of you who have not checked it out. We're going to put the link to the feature in the description of the YouTube video. We'll put it on the podcast as well. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed some of the conversation. Sorry for the rough audio who are listening live. We have fixed it and hopefully in post and it's not as bumpy in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, but thank you all for listening. We really appreciate your time. And for all those of you who like the podcast or you got a chuckle out of this or found this was interesting to you, um, our only ask is just find one other person, share, um, give them some, uh, hey, I found this fun podcast. I learned something new. You may want to check it out too. Just share it with one other person. That's our only ask. And if you're uh, trying to find the podcast, Tommy, where can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast. If you're listening live, you can actually subscribe without echoing uh, and uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify. We have all our episodes available, all 48 right now. Uh, available for you to kind of listen to anytime you want. Uh, and if you are listening to the audio and go, what the echo are they talking about? Listen live and these things happen. Um, <laughs> join us live and join the conversation live 730 in the morning uh, central Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have a chat on LinkedIn and YouTube. So if you want to ask questions, we are more than happy to kind of join in that community. We love the community, but either way you want, you guys want to kind of join in. And just like Mike said, um, we met a lot of people here in Houston who heard of it or had the idea. We're like, oh, I love that idea about the water cooler. So we know there's a community here that share this grievance and share these the same questions we have. That's why we're here. So yeah, join in and uh, thanks, thanks a lot. With that, we will sign off. Thank you all very much for, for listening and uh, hanging out with us for this hour of time. We know it's precious. We'll see you sometime next week.